0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, a fantastic energy roundtable discussion with three experts. There's a big event coming up towards the beginning, middle of May, the Williston Basin Petroleum Council. We're going to talk about that. Plus, things happen in the legislative session and much, much more. So please be sure and stay with us for that. I want to start tonight, though, with this. Earlier today, President Joe Biden announced a quote-unquote tax credit for anyone who takes the COVID-19 vaccine essentially what he said earlier today and please go to our Facebook page we had a lot of action on this video I, I put up a video earlier today go to facebook.com forward slash pov now again facebook.com forward slash pov now to break all this down for you but essentially President Joe Biden says look we're going to use a tax credit system through big and small businesses so anyone that wants to take time off from work to go get their vaccination paid time off Anyone that has any sort of irregularities or maybe you don't feel well after taking the vaccine, you're going to get paid time off because if you took the vaccine and aren't feeling well, the company's going to still have to pay you. So it's a sort of this interesting tax credit system that is utilizing, which many people on our live stream suggested that they were bribing people to go take the COVID-19 vaccine. Again, go check it out on our Facebook page. Fascinating feedback from you, our audience. Fascinating conversation. Um, and enjoy what took place there. All right, now let's get to our energy roundtable that happened earlier today welcome to today's energy roundtable very excited because talking about energy probably more important than ever in the history of our nation with what's going on with our administration some of the things that are happening with prices and demand so join us today we've got some very special guests you can see here we've got lynn helms the director of the north dakota department of mineral resources also kathy nessett she's the owner and president of Nesset consulting and the chair of the board for the North Dakota Petroleum Council, as well as Jeff Simon, executive director for the Western Dakota Energy Association. All three of you, thank you so much for joining us. I know we've got the big Williston Basin Petroleum Conference coming up here uh, towards the beginning, middle of May. We'll touch on that in a moment. In fact, I just want to share with our audience, uh, Secretary of State, former Mike Pompeo is going to be one of the speakers, so it's going to be great to be there. But Lynn, I want to start with you, if you don't mind, because you were on Scott Hannon's show recently, and you said something I think that was stunning, but I hope will also drive home the point to our audience on how important it is to have this conversation regarding energy right now. And so this is McKinsey County, just to give people some context in North Dakota, but you were on his show recently, you said, hey, uh, excuse me, Scott. For the first time in 18 years, in really the heart of the Bakken, there were zero rigs running in McKenzie County. Just if you could expand on that a little bit, please.
1: Yeah, that's right, Chris. We talked about the fact that last week, McKenzie County, for the, for the whole week, had zero drilling rigs operating. Mm-hmm. And that hadn't happened in 18 years. Uh, I took a quick look back. Uh, the peak was 75 drilling rigs in January of 2014. So it gives you an indication how in uh, that short period of time, just uh, seven years, how far we've fallen in the situation existing today in the oil and gas industry in Western North Dakota. And why things like the Williston Basin Conference are so important, conversations like this are so important, uh, activity at, at the legislature is so important to get this industry back on its feet.
0: One of the things, and, and guys, I really want this just to be an open conversation for all of us. So if somebody wants to jump in, just please speak up or if you want to respond to one of our other guests' comments or whatnot. But one of the things that also was talked about on Scott's show is the fact that the McKinsey County Commission not as friendly to energy as maybe it's been in the past. Anybody want to take this one and share with us what's going on there?
1: Well, I'll, I'll take a first shot <laughs> okay, at it. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, um, Scott and I did have that conversation. Uh, I... You know, I don't want to exaggerate the situation, but as the Bach and Boom started, uh, I recall uh, a couple of McKenzie County commissions that were super welcoming to the oil and gas industry, and it really changed the nature of McKenzie County and Watford City. Uh, when I moved to this state uh, 22 years ago, Watford City was was a tiny, sleepy little town, and and it went downhill from there. The Bach and Boom turned that all around to where it is one of the most vital, vibrant cities in the entire state of North Dakota and and generates tremendous amounts of of revenue and and sales tax for the state. Uh, But more recently, in the last couple of election, uh, some McKenzie County commissioners have been elected that are are less welcoming to the oil and gas industry. And we need to inform the citizens of McKenzie County about that and let them know that if this industry is going to grow in advance, Uh, We've got to have cooperation between the federal, state, and county authorities on things like road restrictions and uh, landfills and well siting and highways and infrastructure, all of those things.
0: Kathy, I want to go to you and just share some brief information for our audience and then give you a chance just to respond. And so uh, this is a recent um, piece done by the North Coast Petroleum Council as well as the Western Energy Association. But it talks about how in the last five years, 50% of the taxes collected by the state have come from our good friends in the oil and gas industry. When you hear zero rigs in McKinsey County, I think there's maybe 15, 16 rigs running in the state. Demand has been down for quite some time. Kind of take us out for the next 12 to 24 months. And what do you see happening here, especially with this administration in the oil and gas industry and as far as revenues for the state of North Dakota? Mm
2: Well, thanks, and thanks for having me, Chris. Um, you know, it's there's really an unusual dynamic going on right now, and it's, it's pretty complicated. When you ask 12 to 24 months going forward, I think it's gonna take a buy-in from all of us. And when we talk about, as Lynn was just talking about, the county commissioners in McKenzie County, the community, what I also see is this is an opportunity for us to engage these individuals. You know, a lot of this is um, educating, is talking is to having forums just like what we're doing today and make sure that everybody understands you know there's places that would love to have this natural resource that we have in western north dakota so you know we have an opportunity and i say an obligation to develop these resources responsibly efficiently you know environmentally friendly but also you know to get out there and do them economically this is a great engine for economic growth to continue. Um, you know, and I don't care whether we're talking Williams County or McKenzie or Dunn or, you know, all of all of these oil and gas producing counties. So there's a, there's a good opportunity also. And it takes all of us working together.
0: So can, can you speak to something real quick? Because one of the things that we really want to do here on the show is be, be very action oriented, meaning like, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but there seems to be a war on fossil fuels right now. Senator Kramer put out a piece today where you've got People now within the administration trying to, you know, make banks not be energy friendly for certain infrastructure investments and the Green New Deal. So for the person sitting at home that says, wait a second, you know what? Fossil fuels give me cheap energy. It's an incredible revenue for our state. There's great jobs. What can the person at home be doing to make a difference and let their voice be heard to, to continue the production of fossil fuels?
2: Well, I'm going to follow up with that one. Educate themselves educate themselves and get out there and advocate. And even if it's just advocating to your neighbor, your family member, whomever it may be, I think it's just so important that we know what's going on. And I'll also, you know, nicely remind everybody as they, you know, um, challenge the use of fossil fuels, uh, they're using it every day. We all are. And we use it in a multitude of different ways. And I'm sure when, you know, your grandma is in the emergency room and you need those, you know, medical supplies that come from petrochemical business, that comes from petroleum, that comes from oil here in North Dakota, you don't want to skimp on that. We want to we have this um, available for everyone.
0: Yeah. And in North Dakota, you can speak to this as well, Kathy. I mean, there's really some great tech innovation happening to become much more carbon neutral, whether it's coal or oil or whatever, correct?
2: Absolutely, and you know what we're all for this, but you know what we're all for all of the above also, and I think I think all four of us here sitting here today can say, "You bet we can do this, but we can do this you know in a in an environmentally friendly way, and there's no such thing as just shutting the light switch off. We don't want to do that, and who does that hurt the most? Unfortunately, the lower income population
0: very well said, I think many people forget that I mean it's like a a sort of um, unforeseen inflation or tax when we start to raise energy costs. And if you're making 200 grand a year, it doesn't really matter if it's four bucks a gallon. But if you're making 40, obviously it makes a big impact on your disposable income. Jeff, let's go to you for a moment because we're starting to wrap up the legislative session here in North Dakota. I just mentioned a moment ago that the oil and gas industry generates 50 percent of the state tax revenue. So I just want to get your take on this because Governor Burgum signed the bonding bill today, $680 million dollars. 435.5 of that going to the Fargo-Moorhead diversion. So should Cass County just be saying thank you, Western North Dakota, or just your comment on that?
3: Well, uh, Cass County should be saying thank you. The entire state of North Dakota should be saying thank you to the oil and gas sector in this state because that revenue does benefit every county in the state. The study to which you refer was prepared by our association just to kind of, you know, show everyone, particularly our that, that those dollars do get spread around through, you know, the Common Schools Trust Fund and, and uh, Resources Trust Fund, the Outdoor Heritage Fund, all these all these uh, funds receive revenue from oil tax. And, you uh, know, uh, I guess to, to kind of follow up on what Kathy was talking about, folks really do need to educate themselves. I, the thing I'm fond of saying is that if you want to learn about the Energy sector and where your oil and gas and your gasoline comes from, where your electricity comes from. Please, 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 don't watch the mainstream media. Uh, you really, you really, it's it's been coming upon individuals to educate themselves and to find out, you know, the true story of this. And there are people here in North Dakota that are willing to share that.
0: So, uh, from each one of you, if you don't mind, since both you brought up the idea of education, other than watching point of view. What's the single most important resource they should, uh, you know, look at or, or find to educate themselves about the energy industry? And Lynn, we'll start with you if you've got one.
1: Well, I sure do, Chris. And uh, so the the websites that we have in North Dakota are, are tremendous. The Petroleum Foundation has put together a website with all kinds of information about what energy does in, in North Dakota. And, of course, the... Ignite Energy Council is, is holding their annual meeting here today, and we got the Williston Basin section coming up. So um, there is a tremendous amount of information available on the state websites and, and through the internet to educate yourself on what oil and gas does for North Dakota. You know, I personally uh, have experienced this, and I think every North Dakotan has. Through the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, it was all out migration. So every one of us, as dozens of relatives scattered across the United States, uh, second step after you educate yourself is educate those friends and relatives that have moved away, that are living in uh, areas, consuming areas instead of producing areas, and let them know just how fantastic this has been for their home state. Yeah, Kathy,
0: one thing that you think people—hey, Chris—if people just knew a little bit more about this, it would make a tremendous impact for us.
2: You know, I'll just follow up on the comments of the other guys. I I think it all comes down to, you know, an overarching widespread energy policy that includes all of the above. And we do need petroleum. We do need fossil fuels and we do need coal and to be able to work towards the renewables. But this is a transition. I always say there's a balance between, you know, what's, you know, one, you know, good and evil, uh, you know, reliables and fossil fuels. There's a balance there. And we can work towards that. And we do that by having a, a full thought out, you know, energy policy that engages the transition from full fossil fuels to, Um, you know, a a larger percentage of renewables. We just are not at the point that we have the battery storage. We don't have the capability as we have proven in the last couple of months um, to go to full renewables and be over dependent upon them.
0: It just seems like it's a messaging challenge. The fact that now that we don't need to send young men and women overseas to a desert area because we can produce our own energy and yet we're shutting down the Keystone. There's this challenge about Dapple, which we'll get to in a moment. It, it just doesn't process for many people that use common sense. Jeff, quickly for you, since I know you've uh, had your uh, heart and soul in this legislative session. We talked a moment ago with Kathy about being a very action-oriented show. Are th- is there anything right now for the people watching that they could contact the governor or legislators or anything out there still that uh, people could use their voice to make a difference to get something passed or not passed?
3: Well, I, I think so. There is one major important a piece of legislation out there, and that's what we call the Streams Bill. The uh, Senator Wardner has called it the right fact that we, we passed uh, 1425, uh, 1425, which uh, directs legacy fund principal investments in the state. The bonding bill you mentioned that that's using legacy earnings. And the Streams Bill would dedicate future streams of legacy earnings to various spending, essentially spending categories. Uh, you know, from our perspective, we'd like to see, you know significant dollars invested in energy research to really, you know, to capitalize and diversify on, on the natural resources that we have here.
0: Kathy, since you're the uh, chair of the North Dakota Petroleum Council board, an opportunity to speak to this Williston Basin Petroleum Council. And I, I think as we started this conversation, you know, has there ever been a more important time for every person on the planet to get engaged and be part of this? So if you want to speak to what people are going to learn. I know it's going to be done virtually this year as well, so hopefully we could have literally millions and millions of people joining. You've got some incredible speakers. Why should people be a part of this?
2: Oh, just because it's the coolest thing to do in North Dakota in May.
1: okay
2: (laughs) i mean that's my first answer and i will just slip in one other thing that i do want to remind you because i think it's so important we were talking a little bit we keep talking about legacy funds and how this is benefiting the entire state we are so fortunate on that um it's oil legacy i just want to remind everybody that those funds in the legacy fund you know came from the oil and gas industry um so it's 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 um it's important to note oh as far as the conference i think this is i'm just so excited that we're having number one it is the opportunity for all of north dakota you know for all the country to be able to get out and get involved and learn a little bit more um socialize yes we can safely socialize we have ways to do that these days i also think that you know there's a risk in staying burrowed in your little hole for, for much longer. <laughs> you know, let's get out and share our ideas and get, and um, you know, enter the big world of, uh, you know, of North Dakota again. What a lineup of individuals that we have.
0: Thank you so much to our special guest there for the Energy Roundtable. Again, just want to invite you to check out the Williston Basin Petroleum Council. Right now it is so critical that we focus on energy development here in the great state of North Dakota, really in America because of this administration to help hopefully continue to be energy independent and keep our troops safe. All right, stay with us when we come back. We're going to get to your points of view, a lot of great stuff. And please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.